Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Common Sense American here to talk about a variety of topics that challenge our nation. Uh, but today I'm going to focus on just one, which is the, uh, the idea of uh, universal basic income, and which also uh, feeds into just about every other form of assistance and welfare. So it's a, it's a major topic no matter how you look at it. I've done many topics, uh, many podcasts on socialism and, and the idea of giving something for nothing and all that. So this is a little more specified, it's a little more focused. Um, but before I get into that, let me just send a quick message out. There, I have said in the past there's a reason why I'm an independent. There's several reasons why I'm independent, why I will never be uh, a Republican or a conservative, I mean fully. Uh, I, I sort of identify uh, probably as a, as a hybrid or a blend of conservative, libertarian, Republican, probably no percentage of, of Democrat or leftist at this point, far too insane. Um, but the, one of the reasons why I cannot associate much with the, uh, the Republicans is because, well, look, last week I did uh, a podcast about how we need to address the rottenness of America at its core, which is mediocrity. There's that uh, attitude of mediocrity, the acceptance that uh, we no longer have to achieve, that we no longer have to excel. It, it's just permeated everything and everybody is guilty of it. It's just a it's nationwide and it has been infecting us for decades. And we see it in everything from the poor quality of our products. And yes, that is extremely poor quality of many of our of our products today uh, compared to products the way they were built and meant to last many years ago uh, versus the, the food that we eat. It's uh, our education, uh, mediocrity has become our calling card, and, and we all have to take responsibility for that and accept it as a problem. Um, I am not, one of the reasons why I can't get on board with Republicans all the time is because they tend to ignore all the problems in this country. They're the yay, rah, rah, flag-waving, everything is great, America number one, we're the greatest, and I'm all for patriotism. I'm all for defending the country, I'm all for loving the country. Sticking your head in the sand and pretending we don't have a problem, pretending we don't have a massive obesity problem, a massive health problem, both mental and physical, just look at the statistics. A massive mediocrity problem, a problem that we've been tumbling down worldwide charts and basically every major statistic there is in the past 50 years. You can't just keep ignoring that and pretending that everything is okay. Yeah, I have a problem with snowflakes. I have a problem with Democrats, a big one. Because they tend to invent problems that aren't there and then accuse us of them. I also have a problem with people on the right who just pretend that there's nothing wrong and that if you dare say there's something wrong, then you're just, you know, you're anti-American. You know, but the, uh, the, the uh, fat, beer-swilling, completely unhealthy, disgusting pig of a human Harley rider that, you know, is going to attack you for saying anything bad about America or even thinking that there's something wrong with it, who have never stepped foot outside this country, by the way, who accepts none of the statistics and facts and yet tries to tell us that Democrats also don't accept statistics and facts. I can't stand you people either. You're just as much of a problem. So we all need to accept this on all sides. That's my first note here. Defend and love this country as much as you can. You should but it takes a lot of effort and a lot of uh, determination to stay at the top. Ask any athlete. It really does. And we have, been, we have not been exerting that effort to stay at the top, and it shows, which is why we're really not at the top 
in many categories, I'm sorry to say, that's just a fact. So that being said, let me move on to this, this concept of um, uh, universal basic income, UBI, or, or, or it, it is basically another form of welfare, let's face it, um, and I'm going to explain why. But uh, there has been, obviously they've examined this, Democrats want to do it to some extent, they've looked at it in other countries, um, they've examined the possibility, they've run tests, uh, one note is that basically none of them have embraced this and implemented this, despite any results they may have, and that should tell you something. Um, but first off, the idea of giving a small amount, I'm just going to assume, I'm going to say small amount for the sake of argument, not like $1,000 a month, right? But maybe say $100 a month to everybody. The argument being that it opens up many more possibilities. It eases the strain and stress of just general living and uh, would have long-term positive impacts. Let, let me explain something here. The, the philosophical and psychological part of this, they never seem to, to really talk about much. There is a baseline uh, for living and existing in this world. That baseline should be zero. Now, let me, let me explain that. The way this country was built and the way it became the greatest country in the world was that the baseline was zero for everybody. They were given nothing. Whether you were born here, whether you come here, you get nothing. What you do get is the opportunity to have everything you could want. That opportunity has to be 100%. That opportunity has to be there for all. Equality across the board, everyone has that opportunity. Now, for many, many years, this country did not offer that equal opportunity to all of its residents. We know that. I think we've addressed that, and we've gone too far. But I've spoken about that. Anyway, the point is, equal opportunity needs to be there. But the baseline needs to be zero. If the baseline starts to go up, if you, basic, if you start to tell people, well, we're going to give you $100 a month forever just when you're alive, you don't have to do anything. That creates a sense of complacency. And I wouldn't say flat-out laziness, but it's a, it's a feeling, it's a sensation that you get that no matter what happens, you are going to get some money for something every single month. It doesn't even matter what you do. We have so many safety nets strung up in this country right now. Now, if you if you'd be shocked, like if you walked into a shelter, for example, these people are supposed to be homeless, and many of them, I'm not saying they aren't, but what they do know, and many of the savvy ones know how to play the game. The quote-unquote poor know how to play the game. They know how to get endless government assistance. There's a reason why we have entire families, generations that have been on welfare or some form of assistance for many, many years in a row. They know how to play the game. Go out and look for a job, maybe hold it for a little while, stay on unemployment for a while. Uh, there's uh, uh, claims of uh, disability claims. There's uh, food stamps. There's just an endless array of safety nets. And this would be another safety net, and this would be one of the worst ones because you're establishing a baseline for living that you are going to get this. Now, that baseline, the higher it goes the more complacent someone is going to feel. You might say that it doesn't, okay, well, how complacent do you get if you're giving away 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month? Quite a bit. That's $1,200 a year. That's a lot of extra money that you're just 
expecting is going to show up. And that feeds into a sense of entitlement. It feeds into a sense of more. Now, let me, let me explain uh, one of the reasons why this is a big problem. Economists always have this issue. And uh, my brother went to school for economics. That's what his degree is in. And he said the same thing, which is that they always, when they're talking about policies and implementing all these radical shifts, they never take into account that nothing is linear. Nothing is constant in the world of economics. It's constantly in flux. The idea that you can have uh, a universal basic income forever you know, that's really what the assumption is that, okay, this money is always going to be there. This money is always coming. Now, that money has to come from somewhere. No money comes from no place. We can't just keep printing it. It doesn't come from, it has to come from somewhere. Essentially, it's coming from your tax dollars and being set, set out again. Um, what happens when the, when the country experiences a major problem? Like, for example, we have this pandemic. And say, for example, you have a UBI in place, right? How much more difficult will it be for that country to stay on its feet? To in, order, in order to continue to send this out when, say, all of a sudden that UBI is not enough. That amount of it, all of a sudden it's not enough. And to compound the problem, the government has no way of actually even paying out the minimum of what it was before. They can't increase it and they can't even give you really realistically what it was before without going into tremendous debt and screwing everything up. Nothing is linear. Things change. You can't just assume that this amount is going to stay the same for forever and nothing will ever change in the economic environment or in the governmental environment. And that, and, and let's not forget, cost of living just keeps going up. So obviously this is a number that would have to change. And speaking of that, okay, this is destined to change. You can't just leave it at the number, not just because of an increase of living. But let's face it, there has to be a means test associated with this, just like with welfare and other forms of assistance. What are you going to do? You're going to give UBI to Bill Gates, to all the celebrities and all the athletes who make zillions of dollars? That doesn't make any sense, and no one's going to want that. You might start it off by that, you know, and say, well, everyone has to get it, so it doesn't matter how much you make, you should still get it. You're, that's not going to fly. You're going to have millions and millions and millions of Americans going, well, what the hell are you doing? This cannot happen. We cannot be giving the extra whatever it is, 100 bucks a month, to people who make millions and millions of dollars a year. They, A, it's meaningless to them, it's a, it's a drain on us, and it serves no purpose, right? But then, where, who draws the line, right? It has to be the government, it has to be the people in charge. They're the ones who are going to draw the line as to who get it, who gets it and how much, right? So, say, for example, you have somebody who earns $50,000 a year, okay? That's just over the, that's just over the, the mark, say. Say that's the, that's the thing. They make 51000 therefore they don't get it. Everybody under it does. Okay? Already we have a problem. Already you have an incentive to earn less, to do less. What if that UBI is higher? What if it's $500 a month? It's a lot of money. Okay, that's $6,000 a year. Let's say your boss says, I want to give you promotion. It's going to require more responsibility, more work. But it pushes you into that next bracket. That raise is, say, $4,000 right, a year. But it pushes you up over the amount that all of a sudden you don't qualify for what you were getting, which was $6,000 a year. Your answer to that is going to be no. No, I don't I don't know because I will lose what I have. I will lose this money, this free money coming from the government to work more. You're giving me the raise, but it doesn't cover what I'm going to lose. That's just one example. It's a slippery slope. It's a sliding scale. Ayn Rand warned of this 80 years ago with the example of the company in, uh, I believe it was Atlas Shrugged, 
it was the 20th Century Motor Company, something like that, where they had uh, decided to uh, incentivize need. Uh, they were going to pay their employees based on need. If, if they had kids who were going to college, they paid them more. If they uh, had some sort of hospital bill, they paid them more. So, you know, if they had, so what would the response to that was when you tell people that this is what you do to get more money, that's what they're going to do. They're going to create the need. They're going to do, when you're, you're not incentivizing work, you're not incentivizing productivity, you're incentivizing your own need. So they just, they just start to come up invent ways to be needy and hence get paid more. And obviously that, that company fell to ruin very, very quickly. And it's exactly what would happen if you did that on a, on a mass scale. You, you cannot expect these numbers to stay flat because they can't. It would make no sense based on income. You can't expect people to uh, continue to work for, the, for society, which is what a job is, at the same rate when you are giving something away that incentivizes you not to do that. If, you, it, if it was 50 bucks a month, maybe it wouldn't have as much of an impact. But it's the start. And it's a number that can't stay the same for a variety of reasons. And it's only going to be a slippery slope. You're starting to go down a bad path. You don't want to go down there. And once you start it, there's no going back. It's, it's a psychology of it. Say, for example, I think one of the reasons why people don't think of it as much is the same reason is, well, it's the same principle of credit cards. Credit card companies understand that, and this is how they've become the most powerful, richest companies on, on the planet Earth, that those who pay more for more things with a credit card tend to pay 18 to 25% more. They spend, uh, spend that much more because it doesn't feel like they're spending. It's, it's not... It's not money. It's not, you know, they, they've done, they've actually did studies where to see if the, to see how you react when you pay with a card versus cash. And it, interestingly enough, when you pay with cash, the pain centers of your brain are activated, but your brain's not doing anything when you do it with a credit card. The other interesting part of that psychologically is they give you the card back when you charge something. It's almost like nothing happened. That cash, it's going away. It's never coming back and you know it. It hurts. So if someone came up to your door and handed you out $100 every month, counted out, you know, five 20s in your hand, as opposed to it just sort of showing up in your banking account, which you wouldn't really notice, there's a very big difference to that. I guarantee people will feel that. And if you're not feeling a little bit humiliated and a little bit, you know, why am I getting this? And tabbing that counter down your hand for absolutely no reason, other than the fact that you are alive and drawing breath and are a resident of this country or any country, that is where the evil lies. That is where the bad things start to lie. You start to expect it. it when, and when it goes away, what happens when it goes away? What happens when the country can no longer afford it? What happens when they say, hey, you know what, we're going to have to cut this back? Or what happens when they say you are no longer entitled to this when the wokeness hits? What happens if this is only going to non-white people? What if this is only going to people who are so-called disadvantaged, inner city? No matter how much they make, they're still getting it. Or what if it's based on... Uh, you know, for example, uh, you, you like need any sort of need. You have a big family, you know, oh, the UBI goes up. Or if you have, you're going to college, or you have somebody in college, you have a dependent in college, or you have medical expenses that isn't completely covered. Well, we can file for more. This is just an, another door opening to more welfare and more assistance and more ways to not be able to survive on your own. 
They can say, oh, it would just be a small amount for everybody. It would make a huge difference. It wouldn't be that much of a burden. It would not hit inflation as hard. There are all kinds of problems with that. First of all, with the studies that I've seen, they're very small. They're very limited. They, they only go for you know a month or two. They only include a few thousand people. They only look at a few uh, aspects of it. You can't base anything on this. This is, this is wicked long-term. It's permanent what the Democrats want. This was what the idea would be. There's no way to test for that. There's no way to study that. Now, the concept of socialism, communism, by the way, those two things are different. They, they, one can lead to the other, but they are different, contrary to popular opinion. Um, but there, you just sort of take a mass amount of taxes out, you know, take like half people's money in a social society. And it's not, it doesn't go back to them in the form of cash. It's supposed to go form of things like cheaper or free education and, and health care and all that and uh, guaranteed vacations and things of that nature. It is not supposed to just, you know, come back to you. So what you would do to this, what, what you're really doing is taking money and then redistributing it out and saying, here, everyone gets this amount after we take it from taxes. The real answer to that is just not take it out of the taxes and don't ever do it in the first place. That's, that's really the correct answer. Stop taxing people so heavily. And oh, by the way, this is all reliant. All these programs are reliant on the fact that they would go towards those programs, whereas we all know with certain administrations in charge, maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they'd go towards, maybe that money that is supposed to go towards UBI or back into the country is going to determine how, I don't know, transgender wombats are getting along in the outback of, of Australia. Who the hell knows? These people are nuts. We know that a lot of money disappears overseas. We already know that billions and billions and billions are being wasted. Now, you could make the argument that says, okay, all these billions are being wasted overseas. Why not give us some of that back? Well, again, my answer to that is just simply not taxes as much. Knock that back. Stop taking all that money and wasting it rather than saying, oh, we took it, but here's some of it back. And last and not least, there are historical precedents for things. Now, there is no historical precedent, really, uh, for a long-term success of any sort of universal uh, UBI or any, any sort of welfare on a, on a mass scale as, as working, as we've seen in communist countries and socialist countries that just don't work. And as a side note, let me remind you that many uh, countries in Europe, Scandinavian countries, for example, are one of the first to tell you they're not straight socialist. They have a lot of social programs, but at their core, they're more capitalist. Uh, they, it's, they're basically hybrids, they're blends. Uh, because they, they understand the, the necessity of the capitalist system. Now, our capitalist system, when it was firing on all cylinders, proved to work very, very well. There is that fantastic historical precedence. Zero baseline for living, as in you get nothing unless you earn it. But you do have every single opportunity to earn it. Worked extremely well. And it worked so well and so quickly when you tell people, look, this is the land of opportunity. You can do whatever you want to do, provided you don't break the law, you are an asset to this, to this country, and you work hard, you will get somewhere. We're not going to give it to you because that defeats the purpose. There's a psychological and philosophical association. They're, they're opposite ends of the spectrum when you tell people that you're going to earn it versus you are going to get it for no reason. Now, that has worked. There is no historical precedent that any of this would work. None. And there are no studies on over a long period of time that, would, that, in, that indicate that it wouldn't be a colossal failure. There are some that say it wouldn't hit inflation as hard. 
and that it would have a positive mental uh, um, impact on, on society. But again, we're talking about a small uh, study group and we're talking about a, a small amount of money in general. And it doesn't matter. I'm telling you that it doesn't matter. The amount is irrelevant. It opens the door. That amount cannot stay the same. It will have to change person to person. We will have to have people in charge who are determining who gets what and how much and when. All of that is a massive can of worms that can lead to no good. We already saw with the pandemic in certain states, mine included, they were paying people more than they got at work when they were forced to stay home because of COVID. And what happened? They didn't go back. Those employers couldn't get them back. They couldn't get them to come in. They were making more sitting at home. Then they realized that even without that extra assistance, unemployment was kind of a, not bad either. The, the percentage, yeah, they'd be making a little less home, but not that much. Ah, what the hell? I can still live on it. I'm not going back to work. That is, and that's just a small difference. You see, that was just a, they, say you take away the aid. You take that away and they notice, okay, unemployment's not as much as I was making. But you know what? It's enough for me to not do anything for a while. It's enough for me to not contribute. It's enough for me to sit home and do nothing and get paid for it. That is the attitude that impacts the entire culture. It doesn't just damage the economy. It damages the entire country from an attitude perspective. Harkening back to what I spoke of last week mediocrity starts to reign. You start giving people something for nothing, no matter how much it is. I don't care if it's a penny. You are going to start that slippery slope of mediocrity, of complacency, of, okay, this is going to happen for me no matter what I do, no matter, no matter how badly I live my life, no matter what decisions I make, and in the end, just how practical is it? Are you going to be able to give this to homeless people? Do they even have bank accounts? What are you going to do? Have lines where they're just handing out you know, money every, every day or every month? What, what are you going to do? How are you going to track it? How are you going to determine who gets what? How are you going to determine how this affects the tax rate? There's just no good way to do this. And in the end, it will only contribute to the further decline of the country or any country that tries it. You need to incentivize achievement, incentivize effort and discipline and ambition. You do not incentivize the opposite. You do not incentivize saying, oh, and you can make the argument that says, oh, it's not incentive if you're just getting it. You still have to work. You're, that's not the point. You are incentivizing it because you're telling people that you're always going to get this money. Always. And my example from before, holds true for a lot of different things. There's going to be cutoffs. There's going to be reasons. There's going to be ways to get it, ways to get more, reasons that you can, that you should have it, reasons that there should be more. When the, when the government or the country starts to flail, they're going to have difficulty getting it. They're going to jack taxes to try and get more of it, to try and handle the, the increase in the cost of living. Employers are going to have more difficulty dealing with it. The fact that they know that these people are getting money sales, so they have to pay more on top of that just to get them, give them more incentive to come to work. This is no good. It doesn't work. From an economic, psychological, philosophical, financial, there's, there's no way that this is a good idea as far as I'm concerned. You incentivize the drive to be human, the drive to excel, the drive to uh, 
be great at something, the drive to get up every day and say, I am going to do this. And you know what? I know I'm not going to get anything unless I do it. And, and I'll get more if I do it well. I'll, I'll, I'll succeed if I do it well. I don't want to know that if I come home and I did the worst job possible and I was lazy as hell, that I still have money waiting for me. That is not. That, that, that's, that's insulting. We should think of it as insulting. My parents, my grandparents find it insulting that anybody would take money for, for no reason. They wouldn't look for a handout no matter what. That's all this is, is a handout. And it's humiliating to many and should be. That is the correct attitude to have because it worked extremely well for this country. That is how you succeed. That is how you press forward. That is how you break boundaries. That is how you become the greatest country in the world. We did it and we're not going to do it again with any, anything like UBI. So anyway, that's the rant for today. I appreciate you listening. And as always, feel free to subscribe. Uh, I don't do any ads. It's always free. Feel free to uh, share with friends and family. Uh, no downloading. I don't ask for your email. I value your privacy and all of that. So uh, again, thanks for listening and I'll see you again next week.